What's good, y'all? Thank you for stepping to the Coach's Box. I'm Coach JP3, joined by Coach Murph and Coach Natty T. Man, we got a lot of stuff to cover. A lot of stuff to cover. There's all kinds of news all over the place. We're going to talk a little NBA, a little WNBA, a little NFL, uh, play a game of Would You Rather with Justin Herbert. And our uh, newest segment, All In, Call, or Fold. We got three new teams for y'all this week. So... How we doing, fellas? Yo, I'm doing good, man. <laughs> I'm doing good. Tired, but I'm making it. Hey. I feel it. I feel it. Welcome back, Coach Natty T. Yes. Yeah, I'm doing much better. I was a little sick the past couple of weeks, so <laughs> glad I'm back to at least 98%, I'll say that. That's what's up. <laughs> uh, so we're actually going to start with some WNBA stuff. All right, so uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, Liz Cambage is a WNBA player. She's been playing for a minute. She played overseas for a little bit too, uh, you know. But she's in. She's with the Los Angeles Sparks. Uh, played for the Aces last year. So with the Sparks this year, and um, I don't know if y'all watched the last Sparks game, but Liz wasn't playing. I think the last game was yesterday. She wasn't playing in the game. So. Some people were like, why wasn't she playing? Well, good uh, article out, out there from uh, Yahoo that kind of explained what happened. And so uh, just to give a brief overview of what happened is that they actually played the Aces um, recently. It was last week. I watched that game uh, and they got blown out. The Sparks got blown out the water. I mean, you know, you got Aja Wilson and, and, and uh, Kelsey Plum and all that. They were hooping. They were hooping. So um, you know, Liz goes to goes to the bench. They lose the game. She kind of like walks off the court. You can tell she's visibly frustrated, gets to the locker room um, and and says to her teammates, I can't do this anymore. Best of luck to you guys. And then just kind of stormed out the locker room. Uh, so where it is that the, her teammates weren't surprised that it happened, but we're shocked at the timing of the situation, just kind of have it right after a game and stuff like that. So um, what happened was the Sparks announced that they agreed to a contract divorce with her. So in ending her season there um, after just 25 games with the Sparks. So Coach Natty T, what do you make of all of this? What does this mean for the Sparks? What does this mean for Liz? What does this mean for the WNBA? Yeah, so... Um... Fortunately for her sake, I mean, I, it, it may mean that she may not play in the WNBA again because um, I, you know, ask around, you know, my contacts. And, I mean, essentially, from a WNBA perspective, they didn't like the fact that this kind of came out because, uh, I mean, essentially the WNBA, it's, it's a tough position because, you know, we all know, as far as what's going on right now with the WBA and trying to, you know, get to that path of, you know, equal pay or equal-ish type pay and, um, you know, getting more media coverage, just getting more attention and all of that. Um, but they've kind of had this sort of united front of positivity, which is good, right. but, Long story short, they didn't like the fact that this article came out because um, they just don't like sort of any perceived notion of any drama happening within teams or within other players in the WNBA. 
mainly because because it's a women's league mm-hmm. um they are sort of apprehensive to go that route because they feel like the media narrative and just the overall narrative because they're all women they don't like the road that will go down potentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so you know kind of reading the article on Liz Cambridge and you know everything going on with that I know there were some other things that I think she had said about some of the uh I think of her Nigerian teammates or other Nigerian players calling them monkeys and whatnot I mean that's yeah so in the Tokyo Olympics 2021 she played for the Australian national team yes went to play and made a comment about the Nigerian uh, players calling them monkeys. And then she withdrew from competition, citing mental health concerns. The interesting thing about that, she ended up on the Sparks with two Nigerian players and uh, Shine and Neka uh, Agumake. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that was an interesting dynamic in that locker room for sure. Um, But kind of where my head goes is, and again, this, this may be, you know, for any of our female listeners, I, I apologize that this may be offensive, no. but <laughs> <laughs> I think this is an opportunity. And I, I just want to give examples here because, you know, as I said before, the WNBA is kind of in this sort of tough, weird time where, you know, they're trying to gain some notoriety. And I know they like to use the NBA as an example all the time, mm-hmm. specifically like LeBron James. I don't know if you guys remember or if our listeners remember seeing that. I don't know if you classify it as a meme, but um, basically it had uh, Sue Bird on one side and LeBron James on one side and it listed their accomplishments, which are pretty similar. Yeah. And then it listed, you know, LeBron James earnings and her earnings. And I'm like, well, I, I get where you're going. But at the same time, though, we can't sort of pick and choose what we want to compare when we're talking about, like, M- the NBA players and the NBA as a whole. Because LeBron, as great as he is, LeBron gets a lot of hate, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, I think this sort of kind of, like, positivity everybody supports each other is fine um i think ideally that's how things should be right but the reality is that's just not how things work you're you're trying to appeal to flawed human beings here mm-hmm. and we like drama mm-hmm. plain and simple right yep. um going back to the nba and while i was sick i actually you know just trying to find stuff to watch on tv so i, I was going back on a lot of the 30 for 30 um, films and I watched the uh, best of uh, best of enemies, the, you know, Celtics versus Lakers. Oh yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. So that was, that was my third time watching it, but this time it hit me different because especially the episode one where, you know, it kind of goes into, you know, kind of the, the grassroots from, you know, Larry and, and, and Magic, how they kind of started and then how going into the NBA and just kind of everything that went into that. And it struck me because they were talking about how the league was in such a bad place at that time in the 70s. Well, 60s and 70s. It, the NBA was not popular at all. Mm-hmm. Games were on tape delay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> and really the overall problem was a lot of the American public, and again, back then the demographics were definitely more white than what it is now, but still, they thought the NBA was too black. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. So what did the NBA do? Which, when you think about it, it's quite controversial, but they said, you know what? There's an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. We're going to put this white guy from French Lick, Indiana, and we're going to make sure he goes on the Boston Celtics. Mm. Boston, okay? Yeah. That wasn't by, that wasn't a fluke. That was by design. That's they made sure Magic Johnson did not get drafted by the Detroit Pistons or the New York Knicks or whatever. No. You know what? We're going to send this guy to Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you said that because yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't really work, especially for Larry Bird's end. Like, if he's not in Boston, it doesn't land. If he goes anywhere else, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Because it hit me. I was like, oh, my God. That's, they literally use racism <laughs> as an undertone to build the NBA. That's literally what the NBA did. Yeah. Yep. So, and then we all know what happened. And I think there's two parts of it. There's that. And then there's, you know, the fact that Larry and Magic, you know, they, they, they lived up to the hype. So that, you know, that combined, yes. that's what literally got the NBA to what it is today. Because again, before that, it was on tape delay. After that, live games, they, re- they signed a whole new TV deal, all live games. And then obviously, Michael Jordan comes into the league and then the rest is history, right? Yeah. So I, I think to kind of tie it all in, I think the WNBA is kind of in this same sort of space right now. Mm-hmm. And again, let's, you know, this Chamber, she's, I know she's, I mean, she's a good player. She may not be the, the player to kind of build that around, but I do think it's kind of a, it's an opportunity there to say, you know what? Maybe we can build off this. Maybe we can get some storylines off this to kind of get some interest. Because again, like at the end of the day, professional sports, as much as, you know, us being, you know, I like to consider us purists of fans as far as, you know, the sports that we talk about. But Mm -hmm. listen, man, at the end of the day, professional sports is a TV show with a live audience. Yeah. That's what it is. And when you think about TV shows, when you're watching it, right? Like there's characters that you like, there's characters that you don't like. And in sports, whether those characters are actual individuals or organizations themselves, people are going to come to watch to see their favorite player or to see somebody lose. How many times we talk about Tom Brady, right? Yeah. He's the greatest, you know, obviously greatest quarterback of all time. You know how many people hate Tom Brady? A lot of people hate Tom Brady. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Well, some people just watch as much as they hate Tom Brady. They're going to watch because they want to see him get sacked. And then as much as, as we get pissed when he keeps coming back from these fourth quarter comebacks, we still come back and watch again because, you know, we're, we're like, dang it, next time he's going to lose. <laughs> yeah. So I think the, the WNBA has to sort of, figure out a way to you know kind of bring 
I'm not well, I'm not advocating like they go basketball watch or nothing. I'm not advocating for that. But yeah, no I one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. But I, I do think they should try to figure out a way to, you know, use these situations to their advantage. Cause even I was thinking about the other um, I think she still owns a team because she's the congressman for um the Atlanta, was it Atlanta Dream? Dream. Dream, yeah. Because I know she they you know, they didn't want to play for her because you know, she's Republican and, you know, she has her ideals. Mm-hmm. Like, even like that situation, like, I mean, I wouldn't kick her out as an owner. Like, I would, I would, in my head, I'd be like, hmm, how can we turn this into something? <laughs> that, I mean, again, like, I know they it's got, not, they got it's her probably out. not the right, right. I mean, I know it's not the politically correct answer, but I'm just being honest, man. I mean, that's literally how the NBA got popular. And this is my last thing, because even watching it, watching the, the documentary, because it really hit me when when they when uh, the Lakers played the Magic the first time. I think it was 84. Magic and um, and Worthy, James Worthy. I think they were, they said they were somewhere in Boston. And then like, you know, three, four black guys just come up to them. And so they were a little apprehensive because they're like, they're in Boston. So they're like, oh, like, hold up. They're like, no, nah, man, yo, we from Roxbury. You know what I'm saying? We want y'all to kill the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these are black dudes in Boston, in Boston because they hated Boston that much because the team was mostly white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when it hit me. I was like. And, and that city has had a lot of issues. It had their issues. Like, even, even to this day, it with sports and yelling stuff at players and, you know, the Boston Bruins uh, game that, you know, there was a, a black player on another team. I think it was PK Subban. Maybe don't quote yeah. me on that, but yeah, he was like, I played the Bru- Bruins and the fans were yelling the N word at me. Yeah. You know? So like, yes. Yeah. So I, you know, again, like they literally made sure cause, cause I didn't, I totally forgot about this, that Larry Bird, he really got drafted to Boston as a junior. Cause back then there was like a rare rule that he can get drafted and still like stay another year in college. Okay. Okay. So he got, technically he got drafted by Boston his junior year, then came back for a senior year. Him and Magic played for the NCAA championship in 79. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the most watched college basketball yes. game ever. So to this day, mm-hmm. um, but the NBA knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't him getting drafted by Boston and then Magic going to LA. That was that was by design. And they set it up, all the articles that were being written at the time. Oh, you know, Magic, you know, he he's a schoolyard player and you know, he's fun and this, that, and the third. But you know, he doesn't really have the fundamentals like Larry. That's coded language. And they yeah. know what they're doing. Uh flashy. Right. Just uh, naturally gifted against this hardworking, quiet, bring lunch pail to the game, do his job, hick from French, French lick. Like, that's coded legit. language. Yes. Right. Yeah. So they, they fed into that. And then it was basically up to Larry and Magic to kind of live up to the hype. Mm-hmm. And they did. And to their um, credit, they became friends eventually. Yeah. And yeah. Like, hey, we're not going to let this mess any personal relationship, but we just going to go out there and hoop. Whatever they want to do is what they're going to do. I remember, though, like, while, but while they were playing, there was no love lost. Yes, they hated each other. <laughs> they hate each other. And the other, and I, I know the last thing I said was my last thing, but here's the other ironic thing, too, which watching it again, it hit me, was, listen, they're, 
there were, there were even some black people that didn't like magic now back yeah. then yes. because they felt like he you know because he's laughing and smiling all the time they felt they felt like he's a little uncle thomish thomish yeah so there were some black people that kind of like boston a little better because they're like well you know they they did have a black head coach which mm-hmm. is kind of unheard of mm-hmm. and they're kind of more rough and rugged so you even brought like even the slight people who may go against the grain even they were watching yeah because at the time the best celtics player in history was bill russell yeah and at the time the best laker was probably jerry west yeah 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 i, yeah, I think that's interesting when he was older so yeah you know, it was jerry west yeah yeah that's very interesting you see yeah that's what the nba did that was literally how the nba becomes popular they like they literally capitalize off of the racism in america yeah yeah that's really interesting demaris go ahead and chime in on on that what what do you think do you think the nba should the wnba should capitalize on something like this how so how how could they play it um anything like that of course like i mentioned this i think it was last week how i said that uh when we were talking about to pitch how to make you know the WNBA more popular and I I didn't go into detail like uh you know coach Natty because I didn't like go through my mind in terms of um how they try to make it seem like this unrealistic clean-cut league where like drama doesn't exist amongst women like drama doesn't exist amongst the organizations but they do in the NBA so I'm like, you, I'm perfect society, love drama, that what people, that attracts people. I'm, I'm pulling any way to put this on front street. I'm not mad about the article. I mean, literally everybody that has some type of value in the NBA has been scrutinized at one point, no matter how talented or bad they are. Some bad players made a name just from the drama. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I'm definitely using this to, to catapult and put her name out in the news. Cause right now, I mean, which we'll get into the, you know, Brittany Grinder. I feel it's like the only time that they really put, you know, WNBA players in the, the news are like, you know, on TV and stuff is like, of course this is an extreme situation, but it always is the most extreme situation. Like it's okay for, you know, to air and talk about on ESPN about, you know, a fight or an argument that broke out on the bench. Cause if that happened in the NBA, no matter who it is, it yeah. could be Jared yep. Dudley and Seth Curry. They're going to blow it up. Like they're the top two players in the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you can do subtle stuff like that, but they're just like, Oh, somebody's locked away in uh, Russia. We have to push this. And I think they will push this. That's how the article was created. But um, it's just just not pushing the fake narrative of everything is perfect in there. We know that it's not. I mean, they're underpaid as is, so that's already a uh, you know an issue with a lot of the players. You have to find ways to just push. I mean, it's kind of like propaganda. I mean you push the bad stuff to attract the people and people will come. People love chaos. Yeah. Because yes. the thing about it is, I had no idea that all this stuff was happening behind the scenes. 
You know what I'm saying? And I, wa- I watch the WNBA. I try to watch every game that I can, uh, especially the last couple of seasons. So I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, okay, there's been, there's been some movement. You know, Candace Parker's with Chicago Sky and then Cambridge comes in. All right, cool. And, you know, there's, uh, I, I know this may sound, there's a lot of juicy stuff with this situation. You know, re- reading this article, I'm looking at, Derek Fisher was the head coach. Derek Fisher's the one that brings Liz on board, okay? Now, everybody was on board with that decision. So there was already drama about her even entering the team because of stuff that she's done in the past and everything like that. Um, so they, they get her on board. All of a sudden, Liz says, hey, I need this number real quick, though. And they were like, yeah, well, actually, we're going to retire that number. I, I think it was number eight. And we're going to retire that number. And she said, oh, okay, well, let me get number one then. And I said, well, somebody on the team already has that. And she's like, well, I, I want the number. I want the number then. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Derek Fisher has a conversation with the, with, the other, with the other teammate. And she found out she lost her number via social media. Mm-hmm. Right? So she's reading social media and, say, and says that basically Liz just took her number. And then that player ends up getting suspended. First, that's why we haven't seen her. And so then, then, but then they get rid of Derek Fisher early in the season. So then, like, there's this whole kind of tension that was there before she got there and while she's there. And so I, I think that's why her teammates were surprised that something went down. Uh, and she had been really displeased because she felt like she wasn't getting the ball enough. Mm-hmm. That she wouldn't, you know, she's, you know, she plays in the post. So she wanted her touches. And she felt like she wasn't getting enough touches. And that game was kind of the, you know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, because she felt like um, she had so much more to give out on the court, but wasn't getting the ball. And it, she, you know, it just kind of exploded. But that's a juicy story, right? Like, there's so many imagine, imagine if that was the NBA. Like, we would have been all over that. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, push these narratives sooner. Like, they'd be like, yeah. shoot, there, there'll be a player, like, I mean – <laughs> I, I just think about the uh the whole D'Lo situation with with yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one of the most you know iconic gifts is D'Lo running down the court with Julius Randle with his hand out after a rebound and then they're just not even looking his way like yeah. that's the stuff that people like to see because now the stuff that happens on off the court now we're paying attention to what's happening on the court. Like, okay, what is body language is really saying? What is really happening between these people? Are they, why aren't these players not sitting next to each other anymore? Stuff like that. So, but they just wait till things blow out of proportion and be like, oh, here's a story. But it's like, okay, but we have, you're just giving us the ending. We get no plot. We like, we can't even, <laughs> we don't properly re- get this story. And so, every, every, show that's out there every bit of entertainment gives you some some type of plot some type of moment of tension even in the ridiculous hallmark movies there is a conflict that happens <laughs> you know what i'm saying hallmark lifetime all lifetime the- you know what i'm saying hallmark it's a classic thing somebody walk into the room and and, and overhears somebody you know or looks and say oh they're flirting with i guess i can't i guess i can't have her i guess she likes him now and it ends up being this whole misunderstanding it's always they take it out of context but even those ridiculous movies have a point of tension in them i mean kids shows have a point of tension 
Thomas couldn't get to the station on time. Why couldn't Thomas get to the station on time? Something, <laughs> something happened with, you know what I'm saying, with the conductor and the thing, and then the track was all messed up. You know what I'm saying? Wow. They, they build everything off of some type of moment of tension. And it, it and, and I, I get, I understand socially why the WNBA doesn't want that because they're afraid. And I understand that because the perception of women in society is so much different than it is for men. Mm-hmm. Men, when they are decisive and direct, they get called a boss. When women do it, they get called bossy. That leaves a negative connotation, right? So they're afraid that this is going to fall into a stereotype of all women just being dramatic, right? And all that kind of stuff. So they want to try to keep it as pure as possible. I definitely get that. And I, I, I do respect that. At the end of the day, in the entertainment industry, to you all's points, I mean, James Harden quits on two teams. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Ben Simmons got back problems. He, he in practice tells Doc, no, nah, I ain't going in. I ain't, I ain't practicing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I Russell Westbrook, stuff like that. There's always something. Every single week. It's like, William and his eating habits. <laughs> I mean, like they, they make a big deal out of everything. Everything. So, everything. And then it's like, we're not telling you, to, like, these are there's no way an organization that big has no drama in it. So it just comes off as fake. And it's just like, Oh, well, we just want to showcase the talent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's fine. But I, that the NBA has always had drama. So like, yeah, you can say like, oh, well, you know, the women aren't throwing it off the backboard and putting it through their legs and, you know, crossing up people like such and such is. But it's just like, how do we know? Uh, yeah. You don't watch it. <laughs> like, it's not, being, it's not being watched. So just like how we say all the time that there's mad, like, really talented WNBA players. Yeah. And... um but it just doesn't get showcased. Bring in some drama. Like there's all leagues are successful based off of what's happening outside the field, outside the court, mm-hmm. because it builds story. Like we want to build a relationship with players, not just based off of their skill set. I'm a Jimmy Butler fan because of his story of how he came up and then how he grind to get to from Juco to Marquette to the Bulls to, you know, the Wolves, Sixers, Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can say how, why, you know, whoever your, your favorite player is mm-hmm. and we just don't get that type of Intel with the WNBA. You'll just have to, you can find it because, but the NBA, WNBA doesn't push that. You have to actually actively do the research and everybody's not doing that. Nope. It, it's just kind of like, they just subconsciously bring it up during games. Somebody's having a good game and like, oh, I love how he he's at this point becoming an all-star after, you know, going through here, here. They're, they just say it subtly throughout the, the games. Mm-hmm. And then they ask about it in interviews. But I feel as though that the WNBA, they don't take advantage of stuff like that. Like, help us and other people build connections with these players outside of what they're doing on the court. Because everything you push doesn't have to be bad news. Exactly. Exactly. Right. 
Because, yeah, I want to clear that up because I have, I mean, talking about drama and pushing that and stuff. But, like, everything doesn't have to be bad news. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And the WNBA is in a very interesting spot right now. Um, On the the positive end, uh, attendance has increased. Exposure has increased. Uh, You know, you see in, in the commercials, WNBA representation there. Um, you know, you see these things. So there's a good direction it's heading in. It's like, it's like a slow trajectory right now. So it's, it's good. But some of that is fueled because arguably their best player in league history, Sue Bird, is her last year. She's retiring at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So stadiums are selling out because this is going to be Sue Bird's, you know, tour last tour through the NBA. This is going to be the last time she's going to play in our city. So we're going to make sure we, we, we go see the Seattle store and play our team. Right. So that, that's, what's going on now. Now that's kind of like, because you were comparing her to LeBron earlier, you know, kind of like when LeBron leaves, you know, the NBA needs another more narratives there. So they've spent all this time building and building and building because they know LeBron's not going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. And so I, Sylvia Fowles is another one, one of a, a great WNBA player. She's also retiring at the end of this year. So those games have been well attended too. And so they need something to kind of help with that transition. Um, and there's a lot of talent to go around for them to build off of, but I don't think they've maximized building off of that because still outside of Candace Parker, it's she's mostly, an older player too. Exactly. She's an older player too. It, outside of Candace Parker, Sue Bird is the one that's getting most of the publicity when it comes to things. It's like you got to push some of these other players. I know they got John Quill Jones and some commercials and, uh, you know, Diana Taurasi, of course, and she's an older player, too. You know, she's not going to be around forever either. No. Um, but I like to see them do a little bit more with their younger talent. Uh, so, yep. yeah, yes, we shall see. Um, well, you know, drama on the court, drama in the league. You know, branching off the WNBA updates on the Brittany Griner situation. Uh, you know, now do you want to tee us up uh, kind of on that? There, you're, we're always talking about athletes and athletes trading. Well, countries are now doing trade proposals <laughs> over people's lives, you know. So, you know, uh, we wanted to make sure that we covered that um, and, and give folks an update just in case they weren't aware of what's going on yet. So, go ahead, Coach Nadia. Yeah. So, uh, you know, essentially the you know, US government offered up. Uh, the merchant of death. I can't, I can't remember his name. It's like Victor something. Victor. Um, basically as a, as a prison swap for uh, Brittany Griner um, and I forget the other gentleman's name, but he's like a corporate exec. Paul Whalen. Paul Whalen. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm about to say, nothing against Brittany Griner, nothing against her family or, you know, her wife. Cause I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to, you know, try to do everything they can to get her home, right? I mean, that that's their relative. But I just, I have a problem with this whole proposal. Because for one, this is what kind of ticks me off about media in a way. Mm-hmm. And two, even Uncle Joe, who's sitting there in, in, the, in, in the White House right now, I hope people haven't realized this, but uh, there are 67 
Americans in Russia right now, mm-hmm. like 67. Um, so I don't like the fact that we're offering up Brittany or, you know, we're offering up this basically like the Russian Tony Stark, but worse for Brittany Griner and Paul Whitman. We need to, there needs to be more, there needs to be more in that little exchange there for one. Uh, the second part I don't like about this is just as a regular American, again, kind of like uh, our, our previous topic, like I understand ideally that things should work a certain way and it just doesn't, but it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth knowing that I'm a regular American and that if I was one of those 67 people over there, my family probably wouldn't get a call back from Joe Biden. But Brittany Griner's family can get a call back from Joe Biden. I have a problem with that. Because mm-hmm. at this point, it's not about like her being a basketball player and being a corporate executive, them voting for him, them not voting for him, them being Republican, them being Democrat, whatever. At the end of the day, they're all American citizens, right? So the, the focus should be trying to get all of them or at least as much of them out of there as as possible but like there's just like notion out there that Brittany Griner and Paul Williams are the only two Americans in Russia right now and I just don't I, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth um because not that we should be prioritizing people but even if we are I mean really any military personnel that's over there, they really should be first. I mean, in my opinion, because, you know, they're they're the ones actually like volunteering their lives to serve the country. So if they're trapped in another country, I probably want to get them out first if we're going to prioritize. But again, that's just me. it just kind of the whole thing just leaves a bad taste in my mouth as a regular American. Cause again, I mean, it, you know, I know like LeBron on his uh <laughs> on his pod or not the podcast, but the, the shop. I know he had some controversial statements talking about how he would feel if he was Brittany Griner, like I wouldn't even want to come back to America. Well, I'm like, what but LeBron, you realize that in context i'll say this she ain't really, she ain't been there six months yet there's people that's been that's over the there yes right there's people that's been over there like five six years uh, and haven't had no callback from the administration nothing yeah. i mean no representation absolutely nothing american citizens so how do you think they feel right now, LeBron? So that's all I had to say about that. I just had to make sure I get my thoughts across on that. But again, if you know, if the if the trade goes through, you know, that's great for Brittany and Mr. Whalen, you know, they get to go, go home, which is great. But again, for me, it's just a constant reminder that as a regular American, we just don't matter. Hmm. At the end of the day. <laughs> At the end of the day. 
So again, nothing against Brittany Griner, but it's just like y'all know there's 67 other Americans there that's been there longer, right? So what like how come their their name you we don't hear their names, they just don't exist, it seems like. Which is a bit disturbing to me, but that's all I had to say about that. There it is. We'll continue to 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 monitor it and see if if that actually does go down. Coach Murph, did you want to add anything before we move forward? Yeah, it's just crazy. I agree with everything with what Natty T said. Um, like it, it's just crazy to think that in order to, I mean, a proposed trade. <laughs> That just that just sounds crazy to say. It sounds crazy. It's it sounds crazy. crazy. Just like, all right, well, we'll give you two convicts for for our con. Like that just sounds nuts. But um, okay, so got, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like I think that's a that's a good. What you just said was very interesting because you talk about the merchant of death, right? Yeah, and, and you compare that to what this this executive did and Brittany Griner did. And it's like, wait, no, no, like they should they should not be treated the same here. Yeah, okay. so so apparently the the guy, Paul, he um is supposed to be in prison for 16 years for espionage you of you know spying and that's and what it was. Like yeah. Yeah. Um and so you got that and a drug charge for <laughs> a notorious arms dealer. So uh that that's just it's it's just crazy to think about the i mean the way the the world is going um but to, to do that especially with all all the other americans that are you know in prison wrongfully in prison there it like we got to do something you got to show that you care everybody wanted trumps and be like you know uh you know we are americans we stand together we care we fight for our own but we're only going to bring the popular ones back <laughs> right yeah it's wild like it doesn't sound right does it doesn't it doesn't hey before but if you before you go james because just because yeah victor brute that's the merchant of death i'm just gonna list just some criminal charges just some of them <laughs> conspiracy to kill u.s nationals conspiracy to kill u.s officers and employees conspiracy to acquire and export a missile system designed to destroy an aircraft conspiracy to provide material support or resources to a designated foreign terrorist organization that's just a couple <laughs> And I'm reading here even more, like, as far as, like, actual, like, deaths associated to his name, it's over 156. That, that's known right. around the world. But they just couldn't convict him just because he was Russian. But, like, these are, like, known people that he's, like, directly responsible for killing. I mean... Yeah, and I just, like Brandy Grinder as much as the next person, but I, I'm just saying, I, I I think Joe, I think you need a little bit more than just those two. Listen, I mean, y'all you saw what the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. Y'all can do more for y'all. Y'all got Victor. Victor is Rudy. That's <laughs> I mean, get five more draft pick. Like, like that, this dude is like good lore. 
And then to touch back on like the, you know, how there should be like a natural order of things. So like if you, you know, was a part of the U.S. forces or whatever that you you should be top priority to bring back. This is exactly my, my gripe and, you know, why I respect, you know, the the army, the Navy and, you know, all the, the forces that fight for America. But this is the reason why. I never really gravitated to it because of stories like this, because there's a possibility where you just like, you should be proud to fight for a country, die for a country, da, da, da. And I'm like, but y'all, if I get stuck here and knowing that y'all not going to do anything back, my, I'm not going to be sitting in prison thinking like, oh, I'm just so proud to be an American. I want to get out. Exactly. I got a family too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. like now I just feel like a pawn at this point. Like you really just don't care. I'm just a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's just me personally. Like I said, you know, I respect everything ain't for everybody. Though. That's just how I I look at it. Right. Because it, it just yeah, it just doesn't feel good. And it's not to say that no conversations or uh, proposed trades, if you will happened before Brittany Griner was even arrested and put, you know, but it's just like, you really don't hear about it, right? You don't hear about it, like, and so I'm like, so if I'm over there, I'm like, well, dang, have they talked about me yet? I've been over here for six years. Like, dude, it's literally like the WNBA. It's just like, oh yeah, all this stuff is going on. You just don't hear about it. Yeah. And and I, you know, part of that is I, I think our, um, us as citizens, our media, we need to be pushing to try to get everybody. As soon as soon as we see someone as unfairly detained in another country, we need to do whatever we can to get them back. Yeah. Like instead of we're trying to play catch up and, and be like, all right, well, hey, here's a big name person. We might actually be able to get some, you know, we might be able to get one other person out there. Yeah. You know, it's like, nah, we could do better than that. We could do yeah, better. Because even, even to Brittany, well, even to, to Brittany Grimes' credit, like her letter that she wrote to President Biden, the actual letter said, you know, don't forget about us yes. over here. Yes. She didn't say forget about me. She said forget she about said. us over here. Yes, absolutely. But the way it's portrayed, it's like she just wrote the letter just for her. Right. She's like, nah, like she, because even she realizes it. Because I, because from what I understand, they kind of keep all the, you know, foreign detainees kind of in the same area. So I'm pretty sure she's, seeing like she's like oh shoot like there's a whole bunch of us over here right but she's kind of wrote that letter on behalf of like everybody so to her credit like i think she's even saying that but like now oh yeah uh, you know we're gonna try and get her out with this prison swap and that's and to your point coach jp3 like why like why is there even a press conference about this like before you even negotiated Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. to me it just seems like they're just trying to appease the media pressure like, yeah. hey, we tried. Like, hey, we're trying to do something here. We're trying to do yeah, something. like that's just that. that. And I, actually, this just dawned on me, and I'm curious. Do y'all really think? Because I mean, this Paul Whaling guy came out of the blue. Yeah. To me, so do y'all think that they would have actively actively proposed a trade if there wasn't a guy like Paul over there? Because like I think about, I'm like, Brittany Griner has been there for a while. And nothing was spoken of it until now. And then when she comes up, this other guy pulls up. I'm like, y'all wasn't thinking about like, oh, everybody's talking about this Britney Grinder. Let me, it's just like the forgetting people that you were talking about that yeah. also is there. I'm like, is the only reason why y'all really doing this is because y'all trying to get 
Paul back? <laughs> I mean, could be. Well, the, it's an interesting point because his charges was for espionage, and then mm-hmm. usually, if he's being charged for espionage, that means the government was behind it. He works because I don't know what company he works for, but obviously it was probably some company in the U.S. that has business dealing in Russia. So they probably came to him like, "Hey, like you should, uh, you know, slip this document here and try to record this here." And, but then he got captured, and they're like, "Nah, we didn't, we didn't send him over there." So then they just kind of left him hanging. But then <laughs> Brittany Griner's over there. They're like, "Hey, what about Paul Whelan?" They're like, "Oh yeah, um, <laughs> hey, y'all want Victor Brute back?" What? <laughs> what? Yeah, like that, yeah. It's just so the whole thing just it's just so. It, it bothers me to like, my, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's just so like, like it, it's so wrong, man. It's like you see all of it. Now, I don't know all you know, 60 odd people, what they did and everything, but it's like we can clearly understand why Victor is detained. Like, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. This man is a national hazard. Like, we, this is. This is the Punisher, right? This is the like Punisher. Like, to the right? world, too. Like, to the world. Just, like, we're, we did a world the favor by locking this exactly. dude. Like, he is a, like, wow. We just asking for someone that had some oil on her. You know what I'm saying? We just asked some illegal oil. We just asked for someone that was a little, that was a little spy. Hey, ain't nobody hurting nobody. Ain't nobody hurt nobody. And we were asking for, for, for you know, veterans or whatever, you know, people that have been in the military. Hey, we will we come back. You don't even have to see him again. You won't even see him again. Don't worry. This man is literally an international hazard. Like, <laughs> like and so it, it, it makes sense why he's detained. Right. They're like, hey, we're going to go big or go home. So we're going to go. It's either Victor or nothing. And so they're playing hardball with it. And so I, I, and I think that leads to ed- more education on our part as American citizens. We got to be very, very, very careful because there's a game that's being played that we don't know that we're a part of all the time. And I think this is a good example of that, right? They per- they, they've been trying to get Victor back. Well, that's- it- Finally got an opportunity. They saw an opportunity. I, was, I wasn't even going to go there because I, I, because to me, and here's the other thing that gets on my nerves about the media, right? Why y'all acting like that court case that Brittany Grinder's doing even matters? We know who's making the final decision on that. It's Vladimir Putin, damn it. Like, quit <laughs> acting like, well, you know, her case and if she can test it. I'm like, they don't give a damn about her testimony. There is one man that's going to make that decision, and that is Vladimir Putin, yeah. okay? Yeah. And he is trying to make Joe Biden look bad. Because yeah. to your point, Coach JP3, Russia's been the one that's been kind of like leaking, like, hey, we want Victor back. Mm-hmm. But that's a but that they're playing a game though, because they just want to see if Joe Biden was going to take the bait. Yep. Because I guarantee you, they're probably going to reject the trade. Yeah. Putin's be like, actually, no, we don't want him back. What else y'all got? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You care about your people, don't you, Joe? You care about your people, don't you, Joe? <laughs> it's yeah. so twisted. It's a setup, bro. It's like, so how do you not see that coming? Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's just going to look bad. It's just like a, it, this puts, you know, Biden in a, a lose-lose. Because it does. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you, take, you take the deal, everybody, like, 
they're gonna be like, oh, Victor's a menace. You already know Trump's gonna be out there like some, oh, look what he's doing. He's putting American lives in danger by putting, oh, you know, yeah. giving Victor yeah. back to Russia, da da da. I wouldn't do something like that. Right. And um <clears throat> but then if you don't, then they're gonna be like, oh, you know, he doesn't care about what well, really is stirred around Brittany Grinder. So it's just gonna be they're gonna make it a race thing. Right, you know, right. Doesn't care about black people or uh, or a sex thing and be like, oh, black wo- woman at that. So it's like, oh, I bet you everybody wants yeah. to lesbian oh, woman over yeah. there. Y'all would have if it was Jordan over there. Y'all would have gave up Victor for him. Stuff like that would, would start getting mm-hmm. uh, tossed around. But and Putin knows that. Yeah, that's why. That's why he's just like, hey, Joe, like let, let's let's play a little game of chess here. Mm-hmm. Let me see what you're gonna do mm-hmm. because we don't want Victor back. I mean, it would be nice. But I'm just going to put that out there and see if you take the bait for it. It's like, oh, you would trade him for him. That's good to know. No, we don't want it. <laughs> what else y'all got? I guarantee, I'm telling you, I, I don't want to make like light of it, but I, I'm right. telling you, like, you know, her court case. I'm like, bro, do you realize like they can just extend the court case like in perpetuity? Yeah. This is not American. This is not the American court system. Mm-hmm. And they can just like, yeah, we're just going to delay the verdict. Mm-hmm. Well, when do you think it's going to be up? Oh, we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's Russia. Like they can do whatever the hell they want. It's their country. Mm-hmm. But yeah. let's go on to the next topic, man. Yeah. Just... Well, speaking of um, proposals and and uh, you know trading and stuff like that, we'll we'll go to a lighter note for the NBA. Yeah. Um, so you know, Katie's still out there. People are like, hey, is he going to be a net at the start of the season? Will he be a net by the end of the season? If so, there's some places that he can go. Uh, three teams that kind of popped up. The, the heat flame kind of died down a little bit, but still they could make it happen if they really wanted to. Uh, Pelicans are an interesting choice. There, there's been some buzz around that. And, of course, the biggest buzz right now is the Boston Celtics. And so we thought we'll play a little GM, and we'll go through each, you know, those three teams and see what would make sense. What would be a sensible proposal here? Uh, and so, uh, Coach Murphy, we'll start with you as the resident Jimmy Butler slash Heat fan. Uh-huh. Jimmy Butler with the long locks now. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that man just be doing stuff. Those, those, ain't, those ain't locks, bro. Those are extensions. <laughs> yeah, not a, yeah I saw, did you see the whole video of it, like his hairstyle changed? From- yes. Yeah. I he just like to shake us. That's my <laughs> his hair was like his hair was as long as mine last week. Yeah, I'm a I'm a support my I, I support my guy. That, that was crazy. I was like, this <laughs> this is why I love him, bro. I just he just be doing stuff. I'm like, all right. Um, I mean he just tell him I respect it. But I, I, as for Miami, I mean <laughs> the, it's literally the 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 choice of and which all the the teams are facing is giving up a whole lot of stuff for a win now or just play play the long game I I feel as though that playing the long game will make will work in Miami's favor because the stuff that they're the the Nets are requesting you're just thinking like okay this is like steep this is really steep 
So, and now it's mainly because of the four years left on his contract. But if you if it dwindled down and nothing happens in the year, or he just gets disgruntled more and more, and you have to think about the whole Kyrie situation, and it's just like, okay, well, for the, for the Nets to maximize their value out of these two, you have to trade Kyrie. You have to trade both of them. So it's like. <clears throat> It's I view it no different than uh, sorry, I remember that that trip. What I think of it just like the the whole Baker Mayfield deal, how how the Browns waited way too long to get rid of them. You should have moved them before the draft. You did it. That's what the Nets probably should have did. They probably got way more bang for their buck then. But now you're just holding on to like, hey, well, we got this the superstar, you know, top five player in the league. But it's just like, okay, yeah, but what is he like? How old is he? Like 30? 34, I think. Yeah, I was about to say 34, 33. Yeah, so like, yeah, also he's 33. Four years left on his deal. He did have the, you know, the injury a few years ago. We saw what happened to him against the Celtics. So now all of these things, and like, okay, is this guy really worth all those things? If I'm Miami, what you got for me? Make a deal. You have to make make a deal. It, the only thing that sucks is that they have they don't have like the big name players that someone will like and be like, oh, we take this player, he's going to draw attention to the market in in Brooklyn. That's their only downfall. They just have a lot of good players. They got a, a lot of solid players. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> But it makes more sense for them because you're you know you want to keep Jimmy Butler, and in keeping Jimmy Butler, technically you're just going to have an older team, so you might as well be in win now mode. Uh, so unfortunately, I mean, there's no way that they're going to make a trade without adding Bam to the forefront. And one of the things that I saw. Um, was a three-team trade um, that I would look into is between – and this would – it's between the Nets, Heat, and the Kings because of if they move Bam to the Nets, Ben Simmons has to go somewhere. To me, he should either go to the Kings or the, uh, the third team could be um, the Trailblazers. Those are the two, two teams because, I mean uh, – you know, Damian Lillard has spoken about playing with Ben Simmons before. But uh, this one, Miami will get uh, Kevin Durant. The Kings will get Ben Simmons. The Nets will get uh, De'Aaron Fox, Bam, Tyler Hero, uh, Nikola Jovic, and then three first-rounders and some and a pick swap or some one or two pick swaps. I feel like that matches everything that they would potentially want. Because Fox is – he could be a, be a star in the Brooklyn market more so than Bam could. Um, but, you know, we really can't see that because he's in Sacramento. Nobody really watches Sacramento. Yeah. Even though they're going to be good this year, I think they'll make the playoffs this year. And it would make more sense – well, and it makes sense because, I mean, the Kings have so many guards on their team. Like, you can go any direction uh, with Keegan Murray – um, seeing how efficient and a great scorer he is, 
and um you know donovan mitchell the other <laughs> donovan mitchell that plays for the kings like you just have so many scores on that team you got some bonus on so forth that ben simmons offense really doesn't matter there like we don't need you to score out if you want to continue to do your eight ten points games whatever but um, I feel like that that will be a nice little fit for him there. I think that's a solid package for all teams. But, you know. Not bad, Coach Murph. Not bad. I like that one. So I, I'm going to play the, the role of the Nets GM in this situation. And so I'll pick which one I think would be the best package if I were to go with one. So we'll, we'll do it that way. We'll do it that way. Okay. All right. All right. So, Coach Natty T, you are up next with the Pelicans. What you got for us? Oh. I'm going to narrow your choices down to two. <laughs> <laughs> I want no parts of this trade. <laughs> your price is too damn high. <laughs> I'm going to stick with my young core. I just took, I just added the little weight provision in Zion's contract. <laughs> I'm gonna check his weight daily, like he's being drug tested. And I'm gonna roll the dice with that. I don't want Kevin Durant. He's a great player. He's a Hall of First, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. all time great player. But I'm not trading for a 33, gonna be, I think he's gonna be 34 in September. Yeah, I think September is his birthday. 34 in September. I know he has, what, three, four years left on his deal, but I don't want no parts of Kevin Durant. Mm, that's very interesting. Because, again, he's in, he is injury prone. Mm-hmm. Great player, but injury prone again. I'm going to have to give up too much for him. And I don't know I, I don't know what his emotional state is going to be. He's going to come to New Orleans, and then he's like, oh, I don't like it here. Trade me again. I don't want no parts of that. So that's the part of this that's really hurting in the trade. But I think it's, it's, there is a steep price that teams would have to pay. But it's also like, am I going to get all four of these years from him? Or is he just going to get frustrated again? And also for the Pelicans, I'm taking my GM hat off now. I'm just kind of going to what? Who's going to be the leader of that team? Because it's not going to be KD. Nope. I, it would Willie Green would have to be the lead because I don't think they have a player that has that type of leadership quality yet that would that would drive the team forward. It would have to come from the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you don't have an on floor leader, you know that that could be interesting. And with those young players, they're going to kind of I think they're going to be looking at KD like yo, like you know, and he's going to be like. Nah, I'm just here to hoop, bro. Yeah, he's here to hoop. <laughs> yeah. So that's fine, but I'm gonna narrow your choices down to two. Okay. All right. I'm out. Man, I'm out. I, I really tried to get you because I was like, man, they got a lot of nice assets, a lot of yeah, young yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah, we do have a lot of nice assets that I want to keep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. The Pelicans are all out. They're out. They're out. All right. Coach Burper, we'll kick it back to you. Uh, with the Celtics, which could be very interesting. There's been some names thrown out there. What you got? So uh, we already offered up Jalen Brown and uh, Derek uh, Derek White and a draft pick. I understand you didn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because we see, this is why I hate with how they did Jalen Brown in the playoffs because his value should be higher with it than people really think it is. But I'll throw in Grant Williams and two more draft picks. So it'll be three draft picks, Derek White, Jalen Brown, and Grant Williams. That's the best I can. That's it. See, no, 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 uh, Marcus Dumb, uh, uh Marcus Smart. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you you gotta keep you gotta keep him for for the defensive presence. Plus, at this point, well, well, they don't need another a point guard because they still have Seth there. Uh, you just got Malcolm Brogdon too. What yeah. you need? What you need? Uh, Marcus Dumb for yeah, for defense, for defense and turnovers. <laughs> he, he that's why you guys Brogdon. He, he's not gonna have the ball in his hand as much. Good, but um, he's like. You at this point you have you have to move you have to move Jalen Brown. It's gonna get because of I mean I don't know if y'all saw his tweet but he was like SMH when he saw saw it. Mm-hmm. And of course Tatum did the right thing the the media right thing and saying you know I like the guys we got that's what everybody's supposed to say. But everybody know deep down if you put on one of lie detector tests and like hey would you like to play with Kevin Durant he will say yes. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> Jalen Brown is, even though he doesn't get the credit for it, he is too big of a star to put his name out there in a trade package and him not be upset and just want to leave. Because mm-hmm. now you're playing with the game of you have to do everything you can to trade him and preferably for Kevin Durant, of course. Or his value is going to drop because he's going to be like, I want out of here. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, well, we don't have to give up because we know he doesn't want to be here. They threw him in a trade package. You're not going to get nothing for him. So you might as well give up what you can. You were at the brink. We already know what Kevin Durant, we all know what he's known for, seeing teams lose in the finals and then go help them. (laughs) 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 So... <laughs> they made the finals. They lost. Hey, you add me on here. You could win those games. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of it. If, uh, real talk, if Kevin Durant goes to the Celtics, I'm gonna be very upset. But because uh, that that that's just a pattern that I don't like. But yeah. but the only thing the only thing that works in his favor in terms of that is that he did not say that that was one of the teams. He said the Suns and he said the Heat. So it's just like if he ends up on the Suns, that's different because like okay, they went last year, they didn't win. Now you're trying to go well, this year, but point, but ironically, both of them were in the finals the two previous years though. Yeah, yeah. So that still yeah. fits the narrative. It, it does. <laughs> I, I didn't think it more so recently because it's just like because for because just like you look at at the the Golden State year. Golden State was right there, but they blew it. Everybody said it. We were on the podcast saying it. Boston is right there, and they blew it. They blew it. Whereas just like when it was Miami there, we knew that they weren't beating the Lakers. When the Suns was there, when Sun was there, and 
Giannis made it. Well, actually, to case in point, the Suns actually they had it and then they blew it. They did have the the two zero lead and blew it. But it just got to that point because we all knew once this series got tied, we all knew we was just like, yeah, Giannis is not losing it. Right. <laughs> so okay. I, I see, I see your offer, GM Murph. Um, so. GM Pace and I, we're going to be on the same wavelength because he texted in what he would do in this situation. I, I got to have Tatum. It's going to be Tatum, Smart, and some first rounds. You got a deal. And i tell you why. Because we need some box office. Okay, Jalen Brown's really good, but he's not going to give us the box office that we want, especially the compliment. Now, we can hang on to Kyrie and reunite the Duke boys, even though they didn't play at the same time. But we can get the Duke boys together and have Kyrie and Tatum. That's kind of more what I was envisioning. And it's a picture. You could keep your defensive player. I mean, not defensive player, but you could keep Jalen Brown uh, and have Kevin Durant with them. Because isn't Kevin Durant just a better version of Jason Tatum anyway? So wouldn't the complimentary, better complimentary player for you, because I care about you and you all success until you play us next year, uh, would have Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant. That sounds a lot better than Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. So I, I think we should. I think we should go with that. So are you reuniting the Duke boys? Or are you reuniting the Celtics boys? Because last time I checked, the last time Kyrie and Tatum worked together, it ain't work. Fair. So Kyrie's gonna. You ain't gonna pull that on me. I'm like, you got to move Kyrie. You have to move him. And if and if I do, if we do, if we're able to get a deal done with another team, then we can do that. But at least we would have Jason Tatum. I'd rather have be left alone with Jason Tatum to be left alone with Jalen Brown and try to run this business and try to because he's not going to bring in as as much funds as Jason Tatum would. And honestly, our boy KD, you know, he a little different sometimes, and so. You know how he felt in Golden State because that's Curry's team. And as long as Curry's there, he can't have the team no matter how good he is. Same rules apply with Jason Tatum. That's Jason Tatum's team. KD's not going to be able to take that team from Jason Tatum unless you send them over here. Then you wouldn't even have to worry about that, which means that our boy Kevin will more than likely fulfill his four years. Wouldn't you want him long term? I'm hanging up. <laughs> Tatum is not going. Tatum is not going. And this is just me being, you know, the GM for the Boston Celtics. Because me, I really don't think Jalen Brown and, and Tatum is that far off from each other. It's just correct. The Celtics need that light skin. That's all it is. The Celtics need the light skin. <laughs> But when, like if I was at your mom, like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but we can't have two dark skinned players manning the helm because the media doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're um but I we already know that the favoritism is towards Tatum. They're not gonna move Tatum. He's the Mamba mentality guy, he's where you know the the stuff. Hey, it was on his armband. It was on his armband. It was on armband. <laughs> and it's uh, on armband. <laughs> but um, he, 
he's a beloved player to the league. Um, so they they need that. That's what they want. So I know that they wouldn't pass him up. So it's either, you know, Jalen Brown and some other pieces or that's all I got. That's tough because if you're not willing to throw in smart, even with Jalen Brown, then that means I have Jalen Picks and Derek White and Grant Williams, you said. Or I could get Bam Adebayo and then you said – Bam, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola uh, Jovic, and um, three three draft picks, three first round draft picks and swaps. Honestly, I feel like that would be the better deal. Honestly, that bringing in that third team, I think, really helped. Uh, which which kind of says to me, if Boston and uh, Brooklyn do want to get a deal done, they probably are going to need a, another partner in this to to even it out a little bit more. Because if if Boston's not coming off Tatum is just giving Brown and White maybe throwing a Grant Williams or a, a Robert Williams like that's that's good I think but I think Brooklyn if they were smart they would try to get one more player with a name attached to them because really well, you're kind of that's getting, why they asked for Marcus Smart Marcus Smart right and if 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 Boston's not going to get off get all, up off of Smart they're going to need another uh, uh, what if Boston does Brown, Smart, Robert Williams, and three first-round picks for KD. That does make it better. That does. Or or you throw in another, either Robert Williams or uh or not Robert Williams, um, Grant Williams, or um, what's the other um. Light skin dude's name. Other light skin. You're gonna be I'm more offended by this conversation we're having. <laughs> I said, I'm looking at his face and I can't remember his name. You talking about Derek White? Derek White. Derek White. Yeah. You throw one of them in there too, if you want them. <clears throat> Listen, they ain't giving up Smart because Smart is like he's their Draymond Green. I, if just, I'm Boston, <laughs> I'm not gonna let. I, I'm not gonna let Marcus Smart mess up that deal. I'm sorry. I got Malcolm Brogdon to like. I know he's not gonna be as good of a defensive player, but still, I mean, I, I'm not gonna be like, nah, Marcus Smart's too much. I'm like, nah, man, you can go. You getting you put KD, you put Tatum, Brogdon. Uh, also, they had a nice pickup with with Gallinari too, coming off the bench. That's a good. That's a good pickup. Still got Uncle Al. You know, he's gonna be there for the playoffs. I mean, when the, when these comes when it comes to these trades and and the the delicateness of these is because of you know the the loyalty and and the narrative aspect of it all because also you look at it and you're like okay well they're just making this trade to make um, you know the team better but then also you look at it from the players aspect where it's like if a team becomes or if a player becomes a free agent and he's scouting and they're like, hey, ooh, I'm, a team is like, we'll say Boston, like, hey, we want to sign you. We want you to come here. Like, why should I come here versus, you know, somewhere else? It's like, oh, well, we take care of our people and da-da-da. And then we because one thing that – and I, I'm going to bring this up for Coach Bates. I know what he'll say. 
how they treated Isaiah Thomas and what they did with him. That's so when you think of these trades and how they treat players, you don't want to just. I feel like Mark the Smart is one of those players that if you just up and shipped him out, then they'll be like, "Dang, all he did for y'all, and y'all just give him up." Yep. And y'all were right there. Yeah, a sensible person would be like, yeah. (laughs) But then, you know, the whole, the fandom and, you know, the player heart to heart, like, yeah, they they ain't do, like, that wasn't right. Like, I I feel if you throw in, you know, Robert Williams and Smart and Brown, some picks, I I would consider, because if I'm Brooklyn's GM, I got to make it hurt Boston a little bit. Yeah, because you got to, you're going to play in them. Yeah, because I'm giving you a Hall of Famer, right? And no one on your current roster is Hall of Fame material as of as of today. No one on your roster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) I'm looking at this as, okay, if I'm giving you that, I need to be able to hurt you in a way because Robert Williams did make a difference. He, in the, like, he was out rebounding people. He was blocking everything that was put up pretty much. And he wasn't even healthy. So he couldn't even do it to his full potential. I get that guy healthy. Then that that's going to be a nice cornerstone of the team. Um, so I, if I'm Brooklyn, I mean, I would, I would like that. Cause I, I mean, honestly, that would kind of put me at the team that I had before Katie and Kyrie came and messed yeah. everything up yeah. when they had like LaVert and Jared Allen and all yeah. those, you know, oh, Witty. Like, cause they, I know they probably, they weren't going to win a championship, but they got us about as far as what this current team did last year. <laughs> they got to the playoffs. Really? And that's something you can build on because they're younger. So, so you and they made some nice little moves you know, as far as some free agent pickups too, some nice little moves there. So that yeah. that actually would be a pretty solid team, I would say. Because getting I mean, obviously they wouldn't have as much attention and fanfare and all that. But honestly, that's probably what they need right now. They just need to get back to bases, get back to you know having a culture and and, and playing solid basketball. Because this other nonsense over the past three years, not, I mean, working. not working at all. At least I, I know that I'll be pretty good on the defensive side of the ball, yeah. uh, putting those guys in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I would do it with, with Smart, Brown, Robert Williams, and, and, and some couple first-rounders, you know, do that. I, w- I would do that straight up without a third team. Because right? I think that's, that's better than what Miami could provide. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's better than what Phoenix could provide, too, uh, honestly. So well, Phoenix, I, Phoenix is out because yeah. when um when they yeah. um, signed DeAndre Ayton, like they're they're, they're done. Yeah, because they don't have because he would have had to have been the the major piece, and now that they re-signed him, he can't get traded unless it's at the trade deadline. Yes, and he can decide. He can like basically he basically has a no trade clause now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they're they're out. It's yeah. basically to me, it's Boston, it's Miami, and then you know maybe like a dark horse team that we don't know about, but Pelicans, you know Pelicans. <laughs> I've heard rumors about um, you know the Wizards basically offering the whole franchise with the exception of Bradley Beal. 
<laughs> they don't want nobody else on that team. You might want no. Well, they have a lot of picks. I think they. I heard they were willing to offer like you know all of their picks for like the next three years. Wow. Like wow. not and literally all of their picks. Wow. Yeah. So that like, obviously the players aren't that great, but I'm like that's a lot of picks. That is a lot of picks. And you know they're. Yeah, I mean, Beal and KD. I mean. Listen, I would be at the games. I would tell you that right now. Yes. But, I mean, I don't know about title. Yeah, so they ain't getting it. They're not getting it. I didn't watch. Yeah. But, yeah, unless if some other random team comes into play, I think it's Miami or uh, – Listen, man, this trade, this trade would have been happen Rudy Gobert, if, if Minnesota wasn't stupid. That's like – Rudy Gobert ruins the league again. 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 Like, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that, was, that's, that was wild. And then now you're trying to get unrealistic with Donovan Mitchell, and I'm like, this is going to be annoying. Like, moving forward, this is about to be annoying. Yes. (laughs) But not everybody won't think they can do anything. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to move us forward here um, for sake of time, though. But, man, yeah. So I I would pick the Celtics one, DeMars, if you you threw in smart. If not, I would go with your your Heat one because De'Aaron Fox, I do like – that aspect of it having him and bam i'm good with that so that was that was a good one uh okay so we're gonna play a game of would you rather so would you rather uh we've done this a few times about three times on the show i'll name someone and then i'll compare them to someone and the coaches will tell us who would they rather have today's would you rather justin herbert so there's a lot of fanfare around Justin Herbert. There's a lot of potential and promise that people are talking about. People are throwing them in their top tens. We shared our top 10 quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, I think, was on all of our lists. So let's just see quarterback to quarterback what happens here. Okay. Um, Justin Herbert or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Easy. Josh Allen. Yeah. All right, start with an easy one. Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. Hmm. I'll go Herbert. I, I mean, I like Kyler, but that's social media nonsense. Like, I'm out. Give me Justin <laughs> Herbert. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a toughie. That's a, toughie. It's a tough one, though. I'm leaning towards Kyler because of, I mean, what? I'm I'm have to go Kyler. I'm have to go Kyler. And that's because he's at least led teams to the playoffs. He's at least yeah, he did that. Uh, I mean, weapon wise, it doesn't amount to what Justin Herbert has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think from what they've done so far in their career, and even in moving forward, I feel as though that – so right now I feel like Kyler's ahead, but in moving forward, they shouldn't be far off as they go along. Yeah, yes. No, that's fair. For me, I just look at, as a personality fit because if it's my team and you're pulling that nonsense, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> you just give me just hey, hey, just imagine how good he is when he start watching film. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Herbert or Jimmy G? Oh, Herbert. Herbert. That, that's a team system. That's not Jimmy. Okay. okay. Yeah, doing Herbert. Justin Herbert or Dak Prescott? 
Yeah. 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 That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Go Herbert. I think it is it the seventy-five mil flop that season. Is no, that what on? no. I, I think I just think Justin Herbert. One, he's younger, and I just think he has a higher higher ceiling than Dak does. I think we we've seen the best of Dak. Not to say that is bad, mm-hmm. but I think. What we've seen from Dak, that's Dak Prescott. Very good. Um, but, you know, once you, once you get into that final echelon of eliteness, he, he's just not there. Where I can see – I could see Herbert getting there at some point. So that's why I'll go Herbert. Justin Herbert or Jameis Winston? Herbert. Yeah, I'm going to go Herbert. I, I'm really excited just to see what Jameis Winston and the Saints are going to do this year. You can stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and Mike uh, Thomas is back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looks like Kamara won't be suspended. I thought he was going to be, but it looks like he I might. I thought he would be too. Oh, if that if not, they about to be they about to be nice. Yeah. He can stay healthy. Then he they got to put that bicycle at quarterback, and we don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. No, no, no. We want Taysom that. Hill. Yeah. Jarvis Landry out there, uh, and then they drafted Chris Olave, so they got some. They got some proof. Yeah, there. they got a, a hell of a receiving core, and then you got the Ryan game. Like they, they should make they should make some noise with Winston being healthy. Yeah, Justin Herbert or Derek Carr. Carr. I just feel like Carr is just underrated. Mm. And, and now that he has like a receiver, like. Devontae Adams because he didn't have that before I mean he was cooking with Hunter Renfro he had Amari Cooper but like he ain't have this just like how Herbert has a Mike Williams and a Keenan Allen yeah uh, I'm gonna go Carr as well I really think he's going to cook this year, bro. Yeah. I'm going to try to get him on my fantasy team. Me too. I, I think he's about to cook. I might have to put him into – I might have to slide a little bet on him for MVP, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Plus, we've seen him have, like, kind of like a, you know, MVP as season. Um, not this past season, but um, – gosh, I forgot what year it was. But they were still in Oakland, and he got hurt, like, I think like the third to last game of the season. Like he he was yeah. he was really good. <laughs> uh, let's see, all right. No, that's a good one. That's good. I make sure to watch the Raiders too. Uh, Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson? Lamar. Lamar. Yeah. I'm going Lamar. Yeah, you give him a, a receiver and a you know them actually giving uh, you know putting implementing pass plays in the offense, you can really see him do damage. Okay. Yeah, Lamar. Lamar, okay. Justin Herbert or Matt Ryan? Herbert. Yeah, I'm going to go Herbert. Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. Herbert. 
I mean, you said, I, I, I've, I've been saying for a while, you already know how I feel about Russ. I just think he's a glorified game manager. And I think his product of success has been more based off of the Legion of Boom than himself. I'm going to Herbert because he's younger. Okay. okay. That's why I would, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I always try, you know, it's hard to think about like what ifs or like swapping them. And I'm like, man, you know, if I gave Herbert that Legion of Boom defense, he probably wins the Super Bowl yeah. too. And, Legion and goes to on top of that run game with, with beast mode. Like, I mean, like, Russ was set up. Yeah. <laughs> he had a set up night. Um, all right. And last but not least, Justin Herbert or Captain Kirk Cousins? Oh, Herbert. <laughs> I have to throw Kirk Cousins in there. And shout out to Coach Jay. Um, who's enjoying fatherhood right now. Hopefully we can have him back on the show soon, but uh, we'll never let him live down that Kirk Cousins line that he said uh, several episodes ago, you know, so. That, <laughs> that, that did not age well for That a did week. not age well at all. At all. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll go in. We, we touched a little bit uh, about this um, through the Would You Rather, but Kyler Murray, you know, for I'm sure y'all heard by now, there was have like an independent study clause in his contract that was recently removed after so much negative attention was attached to it. Uh, and so really questioned Murray's um, dedication, his ability to, to study and watch film. And, and uh, it kind of gave this kind of lazy impression on, on, on him. And, and so I, I think people really looked at it and said, well, is this a race thing? Cause he's a black quarterback. Is this a, well, there's a lot of successful quarterbacks that weren't film junkies. You know, not everyone's your Tom or Peyton or Drew Brees, you know, type quarterback. There's a lot of people that play that study, but they often depend on their instinct to be successful. Uh, so, and we, we named in our other chat, like a bunch of them, you know, you got like your Terry Bradshaw, you got, I mean, even Pat Mahomes to a certain extent, to uh, Michael Vick. You know, there's a lot of people out there that didn't depend on uh, film that much. So I, you know, just wanted to, to briefly talk about how we felt about this whole situation. Would, do we uh, see it impacting Kyler Murray's season this year with that kind of still hanging over his head, even though they took it off the contract? Uh, so what do you what do you what do you think we're going to see from Kyler? Do you think the addition that clause was warranted? Or do you think they were doing too much? Um, it 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 does come off a little bit extra, but I I would deem it warranted if you feel like it's an issue. I feel like it's no different than how you put weight limit clauses in contracts and so on and so forth. If I feel like there's something that um you're not doing that will take our team to the next level if you do do it and I have to pay you that much amount of money I'm going to do my best to make sure that you do those things um so I will put it in I don't think that that would be much of an issue for Kyler because at the end of the day if I'm him and which I view you probably have like I don't care what y'all say I got my money all I got to do is just go out there and live up to what I'm getting paid and we're good. Then nobody's going to care about, uh, cause if he went off and, and won the, you know, won the Super Bowl, 
nobody's going to sit there and ask them and be like, hey, how much film did you watch this year to get to this? Like, nobody's going to care about that. So it, <laughs> he, he'll, he'll be fine. He just has to produce because that's all they care about at the end of the day. But as a, like, I understand why it was added. I mean, this was mentioned back in college that his, you know, study habits on film wasn't the greatest. But we talked about this, what, last year, two years ago, how we, like, briefly brushed on when Gronk said he didn't watch film. He just has Tom tell him what to do, and then people just laugh, like, ha, ha, ha. But you have a player like a Black player like Kyler Murray or a Jamarcus Russell, and it's a big deal. Yes, it's a different position, but everybody has to watch film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. Asante Samuels was on uh, on I Am Athlete, and he's like, I didn't watch film. He said, my technique is my technique. I watched, you know, two, three plays, see how, what they do, what they like to do, and then I just go do what, what I have to do. I just do what, I, based off of the feel of the game, my technique is what it is nobody knew that like that wasn't a public thing but imagine if he was saying that even though he was locking people up that would have been an issue yeah but you know it would yeah. be kyler would be fine as long as he he does what he's supposed to do all right coach 19 yeah i mean i think he'd be fine i i, I well i know for a fact the cardinals were the one that leaked the whole provision in his contract so I think they were just being spiteful for all the drama Kyler was doing at, you know, before all of this. So that's what I think is. But other than that, I mean, I think it's much to do about nothing to coach Murph's point. I mean, listen, like there's a lot of guys that aren't film junkies and play well at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter like how you get there. It just matters about the results. Um, and to coach Murph's point, I mean, if he ends up winning a Super Bowl. Nobody's gonna ask him how much film he watched. Yeah. yeah. Like period. So I think it was just it was a slow news week because the KD trade didn't go down yet. So they're gonna make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I've seen like, you know, all these all the NFL players, all these backup quarterbacks, the Dan Orofsky's going off. <laughs> You're a backup. So that was your job to basically watch film. So you need to go sit down. You've never been as good as Kyler. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so you know for me with Kyler like I I like Kyler I mean he's an exciting player to watch you know very elusive um I just think they just got to figure out the consistency throughout the season they've improved every season which is good I know he had a bad first playoff game but listen I mean his what's fourth year in the league yeah you know i Peyton Manning's first playoff game was atrocious. It sure was. Uh, Lamar Jackson's first playoff game wasn't that great either. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he has time, and we just have to kind of see what he ends up turning into. I don't think they have to go win the Super Bowl this year, but uh, definitely they need to make the playoffs. Their division is e- a little bit easier now. Mm-hmm. We don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. Russ is in Denver, um, so they should be able to make the playoffs. Yeah. And hopefully you can win your first playoff game and then just keep, you know, going on that incline. I mean, that's what I would, you know, expect from him to do. And I looking at the NFC, I, he should be able to do that. 
because they're going to get DeAndre Hopkins back. I know he's out the first eight games, but, you know, once he gets back the second half of the season, that's going to be another great weapon. You got your boy Hollywood Brown. You have a pretty talented roster overall. I mean, I, they should they should still make the playoffs. And, you know, depending on the matchup, they should win their first playoff game. That's what I expect from them. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's what I expect them to get dog walked by Philly. I think they- <laughs> well, like I said, this depends on the matchup, but you know, they should they should be in the playoffs. I'm just saying I'm about to pull up to the game and shit. I'm excited to see my boys play. Yeah, that that's gonna be they're gonna be a fun fun team to watch. I one thing I think they're gonna miss Chandler Jones, right? Because he's he's gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's gonna be a void. I don't know if they're going to be able to fill this, this season. So it's going to be interesting to see. Well, the, the the ironic thing is, I think there's more pressure on Kingsbury this year, more so than Kyler. Yes. So I don't think if they don't have a good season, I mean, they just signed Kyler. Like, right. they're like, yeah, sorry, Cliff, you got to go. We need to get yeah. a more veteran coach. So to me, it's actually the pressure is more on Cliff because he's more expendable at this point now that Kyler has got his money. Because they're not going to cut Kyler now. No, right. so <laughs> their their ability to get another a, a very talented head coach is much more reasonable than them replacing Kyler Murray. Absolutely, period. Yeah, yes. Um, all right, that leaves us. We're gonna wrap up with a little all in call or foe. We started this last week. I'm gonna name three teams, and we're gonna tell you: Are we all in on that team? Which means that we believe that they're gonna be just as good as they were last year or better. Call. So we're going to, we like what we see, but we're going to move with a little caution here because there's still some things we need, uh, we need to see before we, we put our money on the table there. Or fold, we don't believe in them at all. And we're going to start with the Indianapolis Colts this time. I'm all in. I feel like the addition of Matt Ryan is literally just uh, a Phillip Rivers 2.0. The they have a, a great defense. I think it just got overshadowed by the poor offense Carson Wentz was putting in together, putting them in bad positions. But now you have somebody that can actually, <laughs> actually, uh, you know, make the passes, make good judgment and reads with the ball, and actually open the field up even more for Jonathan Taylor um, because they're not because nobody's threatened by Carson Wentz anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coach no, I agree. Great everything Coach Murph said. Like I've said this multiple times. If For our listeners, if you have HBO, Max, go watch that in-season Indianapolis Colts Hard Knocks, and you can see exactly why Matt Ryan is a very great upgrade over Carson Wentz. He totally effed that whole season up for them. <laughs> So I fully expect Indianapolis Colts to be in the playoffs this year. So obviously that's better than what they did last year. So I'm all in. All right. Yeah, I'm all in on them as well. I, I liked them last year, and Carson Wentz disappointed me. Uh, the defense did their job. Jonathan Taylor did his, you know, his job. The wide receivers caught the ball for the most part. But Carson Wentz couldn't get him the ball for the most part. <laughs> I, mean, no, I blame you. I blame you. I blame you for that. That's your fault. I literally told you. I was like, Jane, I know <laughs> what Carson Wentz is, and you're acting like you weren't uh, NSPE <laughs> Cowboys fan, not seeing what was happening over there. 
So I was telling you as a fan, you already know I'm an unbiased fan. I was like, hey, I know what Carson Wentz is. He is not going to make that team better. And I, you did. You tried to tell me, and I didn't listen. I was thinking like, hey, with new scenery, sometimes we've seen people revive their careers in a different scene with a different coach. Let's leave all the bad taste, Philly taste on the mouth, you know, out of your mouth and just go. And he failed. And he failed. And now he's about to see the Eagles twice a year. Yeah. So. Uh, I dog walk by the Cowboys, too. The Cowboys, too. Yeah. They're going, the commanders are going to get rid of him. I saw Ryan uh, Kerrigan retired today. He probably retired because of Carson Wentz. He was like, yeah, I ain't winning nothing here. Yeah, they got they got to do a they, – they're not going to do a, an HBO series on the commanders, so they got too much still brewing in that organization. But <laughs> yeah. I would love to see Steve Vincent there. <laughs> see if it's the, the same. Please, HBO, please do one of the commanders. Please. You know, I'm like, hey, we got too much happening in the, the offices that we don't we can't have these cameras in here. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Our, our next team, all in call or full New Orleans Saints. I'm a call. I'm a call. I I'm interested in in with uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, being back healthy, the the addition of Chris Olave and and Landry. I mean, Alvin Kamara speaks for himself. And the last time we saw Jameis, he was good. He was making the appropriate reads. It is going to be a, a little bit of a change, dude, because there's no Sean Payton. But, um, I mean, you pretty much have your core guys on offense and defense with Cameron Jordan and them guys. So I, I, I'm expecting a, a solid season. I mean, I don't know what that – I can't really put a record on it, but I don't expect them to be bad. They'll be over 500, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm the same. I'm going to call. I actually – my question mark is the quarterback. Not that I'm questioning Jameis' ability, but – you know, coming off an ACL injury, that's always tough. You know, can he stay healthy? Um, and then the Dennis Allen question as well. I mean, he, you know, you, you taking over for Sean Payton, so you already have a foundation there. But, you know, mm-hmm. obviously this is his second go around as a head coach. First one wasn't that great. Uh, but I think their defense is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be lights out like it's always been. Um, at least for the past, you know, three, four years or so. Um, we'll see what Michael Thomas looks like. You know, because he basically hasn't played football in two years, really. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he can still be, you know, reminiscent of his old self. Uh, but I like I like the roster. It's just the, you know, head coach and, you know, a semi-question at quarterback just because, you know, there's an injury concern there. So that's why I'm calling. I'm a call on that one as well because because of that dynamic, I think, Really, if you got your coach and you got your QB, you got the right pairing there, you can at the very least get to the playoffs. If you got those two people ready to go, you can at least make, you know, make some noise and and maybe even get a playoff win just just by nature of having those two, you know, secured because they can work with whatever talent needs to be. And so that's why going back to your point, Coach Nighty, about Cliff Kingsbury, I think people are like, okay, well, Kyler, I think he could do it. But this Cliff guy, I'm not so sure he's the right coach coach for them. That's the big question mark there for them. 
Uh, yeah, well, both, you know, it takes a while for you to trust your body sometimes after injury, too. And your your mechanics aren't the same. And quarterback position is all about mechanics, you know. I, I mean, it's, of course, about intelligence, but it's also about mechanics because you're off, the ball's off. And, and so just that footing that sometimes you may get happy feet when you usually don't get happy feet just because you're like, okay, I can't take another hit like that. I got to protect my body at the same time. It could throw you off. It can make you rush passes. It can make you, you know, throw out of bounds and all that kind of stuff. Uh, your timing will be off. But if Jameis is good there, he's not going to be the 300-yard passer per game. Uh, he, I don't think he really has to be. I mean, he could, he could, he's going to have those games, but I don't think he has to be that every game for them to win, which it goes in his favor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to be the 30-interception Jameis Winston either. Uh, but he had a good touchdown to interception ratio before he got hurt. And I know it was only a handful of games, but he was doing exactly what they brought him in to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I look at their division, Falcons got weaker, Panthers still weak, and Brady hasn't been able to beat you yet <laughs> since joining Tampa Bay, 0-4. And, and so even worse, I, I, I think worst case scenario, they split that. Mm-hmm. All right so that you're looking at a solid division record you pick up a couple of other games in the nfc that's that's a that's a playoff team that's a playoff team to your point coach murph I, that's a playoff team that's above 500 you know that's maybe you know maybe get a 10 and 7 in there or something like that 11 and 6 you get in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh and then the last team <clears throat> captain kirk's minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. You have a different opinion on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I cause all the way up to this point, I I wanted to call, but I think I'm just gonna go ahead and fold. Because <laughs> I, I don't it's just like Coach Natty T's point, uh, you know, between the Dak and uh Justin Herbert thing. Looking at the Vikings, I see who y'all are, and I think this construction of this team, this is as best as we want to get. <laughs> and, and that's the end. Of, I I feel like this is just a stagnant team. You can toss that up to, you know, QB. You can toss it up to, you know, coaching. But I just think the Vikings are what they are, and they're just a, a solid solid team yeah uh, that's fair that's fair i definitely i understand that coach now you what you got i'm actually going all in um because i think they're going to make the playoffs this year i don't think they're going to do anything in the playoffs but just for the mere fact i think they'll be better than what they were last year yes mainly because um i think their roster is pretty talented pretty solid um, I think Green Bay, you know, I, you know what you're going to get from Aaron for the most part, but I, that, that receiving core, I don't know. What do you mean? He has a, he has a Hall of Famer. <laughs> you heard his comments about <laughs> <laughs> Alan Lazard is a Hall of Famer, man. What yeah, you doing? I guess. <laughs> I, was I was like, what? I was like, I didn't know if he was being condescending or what. I was, Who like, knows what Aaron? Yeah, like if I'm Alan Lazard, I'm just like, 
I feel like you low key undermining me. Like right. trying to make the joke <laughs> of me being the number one. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, not totally sure about Green Bay as far as dominating that division like they normally do. I think the Vikings will give, and they usually when they when the Vikings play the Packers, they usually split, mm. and the two games are always close. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that division is kind of up for grabs. I also think, uh, you know, Kevin O'Connell is a new coach coming from the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the trend right now, you know, that uh, McVay coaching tree. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think he has, with him being a first year coach, I think him implementing his system will kind of at least, I want to say tame Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins isn't reckless. It's just, you just know what he is. Which, a lot of times when you look at his numbers-wise, he'll play well. Yeah. Are you going to go anywhere with him? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But I think they can make the playoffs this year. Because, um, again, I like the weapons that he has around him as far as Kirk Cousins goes. And the overall roster is pretty solid. Um, yeah. Because in a way, they kind of remind me of – they're kind of like a Saints – S to me in terms of the roster construction because they're very solid mm-hmm. but although I don't necessarily believe in Kirk Cousins all that much I do think they're more solid at quarterback than the Saints are yeah. so you know I would I'll, I'll, I'll go on and on the Vikings just you know just be a first round playoff exit I'll say that which yeah. is better than last year so I I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call this one, um, because I see what both of you are saying. Be, I I look at it in terms of they have the potential to go to the playoffs and may, maybe win a game, depending on the match. I don't, I'm not so sure about that, but at least get to the dance there. But mm-hmm. there's just something about like, Vikings that. I could totally see them playing the Cowboys in the first game and then beating them. So yeah. that's a possibility. That is a possibility. <laughs> uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> gosh. It, uh, anyways, uh, that, <laughs> that would be hilariously <sighs> painful for me to see that. Like, you know, I, yeah, anyways. So, but I, I also see some of these other NFC teams stepping up to take the place of, because it's a weaker conference now, you got some people moving around. I see the Saints stepping up. I feel more confident about the Saints than I do the Vikings. Mm. Um, so if we're looking at who's gonna take some of these playoff spots that people feel are gonna be up for grabs, uh, if the 49ers can't get it together, or you know Seattle doesn't have really a, a legit quarterback right now. Seattle's so- gonna be the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> forget though yeah. that's so, why dk Metcalf made sure he got his money because he knew he, his numbers are about to shrink yes he's gonna have no bargaining chips next go around so yeah. <laughs> might as well use it now so i could see that but i could also see them getting edged out because i think there are other talented teams in nfc that could that could um take those spots away from minnesota and also their division, yeah, Aaron's going to do his thing. Detroit does play people very hard, and they might split that series. 
the Bears, it, the Vikings will probably win both of those games. But yeah, uh, so I see them dropping the, the two to Green Bay and splitting with Detroit. So I'm like, I, is that enough to get them a serious playoff spot against some of those other teams? I'm not sure. Uh, because, you know, Philly's going definitely going to be on the uh, upswing uh, there. Uh, and I see the, um, you know, the, the, of course, the Cowboys are in the conversation for playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's not to go too far into it. I just looked at last year's playoffs because the Green Bay, Tampa, Dallas, Rams, Cardinals, Niners, Eagles. Mm-hmm. And then, Right there on the cusp, New Orleans was nine and eight, and then Minnesota was eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's going to be close. I I, yeah. I just think the Saints are going to edge them out. So possibly. So I'm gonna put a call in. But if if the Vikings do make it over the hump, that wouldn't be a big surprise at all. I would be like, okay, yeah, I could see that. Because I would take San Francisco out, and then it's, it's probably going to be New Orleans or Minnesota. I think it's really between New Orleans and Minnesota, really. Minnesota. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So, yeah, well, that's it. Thank y'all for tuning in. Another episode of Coach's Box. On behalf of Coach Murph, Coach Natty T, Coach JP3, hope y'all enjoyed uh, today's episode. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.